Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. How are you guys doing today? Chilling. Alhamdulillah. Yo, I know, man. You're always chilling. Chilling. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, nowadays, nowadays, especially with like France and stuff, we just see a plethora of Islamophobia. Actually, I even saw this one girl on TikTok. That was, she was trying to make a point. You know the whole, um, what's it called? Uh, would you let your son wear a dress conversation that's going on? I had no idea about that. What? Okay, so I think it started with Harry Styles wearing a dress. You guys, you guys don't know about that? That's, that's a dude mm. that, um, wasn't he from One Direction? Yeah, yeah One Direction. Yeah. yeah, you guys are out of touch. Damn. Yeah, so he put on a, a dress. And I think because of that, everybody started asking everyone, like, would you let your son wear a dress? And people were giving their input and this and that. And this one Christian TikToker, she was like um, saying a bunch of things. She tried to make a point, like when kids tell their parents or what, sorry, when parents tell their kids what to do, uh, no one says anything. Uh, when Muslim, she basically said when Muslim parents force their daughters to wear the hijab, nobody says anything. Uh, mm -hmm. But when we say we wouldn't, as Christians, when we say we wouldn't let our sons wear dresses, you get angry. And it's like, why the hell you got to bring Islam into it? And why you got to depict it in such like a westernized TV show slash movie version? Like I've never seen a TV show or movie that has a hijabi where she doesn't like rip it off one episode or get, get it torn off or something. Like, yeah, why? Where is this coming from? Yo, you know what? I didn't, I didn't really think it was that until you mentioned it, but. It really seems like there's this like deeply rooted like agenda against us, yeah. and it's not even like it's not even subtle anymore, man. Like I watch these shows and like I'm just living life, you know, and it's very mm -hmm. overt. I don't like that, but yeah. I feel like I don't know. A lot of people won't understand why it is like that. Like for me, initially, I didn't understand why it was like that. Yeah, I mean, if, if we're using the whole red pill, blue pill analogy thing again, it's kind of like, you know, everybody's blue pill. They're just living life and they think everything's normal. And it's kind of like being best friends with someone. Like, if you guys ever know Othello, do you guys read that by Shakespeare? No, Othello? I didn't. No? Okay, so basically there's this guy. Um, and this is around the time when the, uh, the term cucked, I think, came around. <laughs> <laughs> so... Um, there's this guy and there's two guys, right? One is his, his name is Iago, I think. And he's like an evil person. He pretends to be the guy's friend the entire time, but he's just slowly manipulating him and ruining his life over time. And it's kind of like living in this society. It's like the, it's like the way it's structured is Iago, right? The way mm. you're living your life, you think everything's normal, but it's actually, it's this whole plan in the background that's been, just been put in place and over time it's just been conducted and executed and it's kind of like we think it's normal but if you were to take that red pill step outside and look at the bigger picture you'd see wait no there's some weird trends going on here like you could see if you read the history like nowadays we wear poppies and my teacher was, ta was talking about this in class he says like now like we wear poppies nowadays and he said that he never wears his poppy and back when he worked uh, i think at a pharmacy his co-workers asked him, like, why don't you wear a poppy? And he said, I don't support terrorism. And everyone's like, what the hell are you talking about? And he's like, yeah, yeah, Canada and, and all these places, when they went and they, they went into Muslim lands and they, they basically ended the Ottoman Empire, 
they murdered innocent people. They raped innocent people. They did all this stuff. I don't support that. So I'm never going to wear a poppy. And it's kind of like people don't know about the history. Ever since I was a kid, they, they taught us to put this cute little red thing. It looks nice on like a black coat and all this stuff. That's what my teacher was saying. Um, but they never really talk about who this big bad enemy was that Canada saved us from. This apparently was the Ottoman Empire. It was uh, amongst the people fighting was, were in the Muslims. And this was the last Islamic leadership, the proper Islamic leadership that we had. And it's like nobody even knows about this. So it started there. Actually started before that with implementing Western ideology into the Ottoman Empire. And then just from there, you can literally look up and listen to and read about how the West drew up the map of the Middle East. And they said, this is going to be Jordan. This is Iraq. This is Lebanon. This is Ayo, they literally drew it up. Pause. This, the same Ottoman Empire that I think they, they converted that big, I think it was like the Hagar Sophia Church or something in Turkey. And they converted it into a mosque. It's the same one. So, bro, I don't speak on behalf of Arno. I'm going to speak on behalf of me. I have no idea about any of this. So I think you should go in on this. Who? Me or Anil? You, bro. Oh. <laughs> I mean, um, I don't know, man. Anil, if you want to go in on the Ottoman Empire and the whole revolution, on, go for it, man. I have no idea about that. Me neither, bro. I do have a question about it, but I'll ask I don't, later. I don't know much about yeah, I don't know much about like the church becoming a mosque and all that stuff. <clears throat> no, man, that was yeah. that was. I do know about some of the places the Ottomans spread to. It was the really? biggest church in yeah. uh, in Turkey, and they they Dang. changed it into a mosque. Yeah, bro. That's kind of tough. That's kind of mean, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Taking a church like that. It is, man. I didn't. I didn't know about that, to be honest. Subhanallah. I don't even know if that's islamically correct, but we had some good leaders, some bad leaders. Mm-hmm. I'll look into that, inshallah, later on. But yeah, moving back to what I was getting at, there is this small implementation of like Western views by Muslim scholars that studied in places like France, and they're injecting them into the Muslim community. So they had this internal battle. So anything external that comes in, they're not really ready for it. And this is when like everything started to go to hell. World War I ruined them, and then the West drew up the map of the Middle East divide and conquer basically it's like if they're divided amongst themselves they can't come together and, and be because they know how strong the muslims are they know like literally one of the longest lasting empires and the greatest empire muslim the ottoman empire since, since the time of the prophet they said uh in omar radiallahu anhu down the line like a thousand plus years mm. a thousand years subhanallah being the, the greatest power in the world it was the Muslims. People don't know about that. They want to hide that kind of information. They want to hide that science and mathematics and, and all these amazing advancements, uh, universities, hospitals, they came from the Muslims. SubhanAllah. People mm. don't know about that stuff. They don't know about that stuff. When you wake up and brush your teeth in the morning, the toothbrush was designed by a Muslim originally. Yeah. 100%, man. Bro. No, yeah. that's facts, bro. Like, you, you, you ever seen, like, the, you ever seen Queen Elizabeth's teeth, bro? I'm not talking about, like, what you see in, like, <laughs> paintings or pictures, like, where where it's like after you know getting it done or you know reconstructed i'm talking about it before bro they didn't brush their teeth oral hygiene was literally commanded to us as sunnah i believe because it's literally the way to preserve our teeth through our life we use uh or back then they didn't really have toothbrushes so they used this thing called the miswak yeah right i know i know i know those bro come on now Is that <laughs> little, basically little miswak? yeah it's like uh, a branch of a tree yeah it's a branch of a tree that you break off and then you kind of bite the tip and then uh, it be- you you soften it and it becomes like these bristles, 
mm-hmm. on the end of it and you just like with the bristles of it like mm-hmm. the bristles of a toothbrush basically hold mm-hmm. on but you you bite you bite the tip shut the hell up why do you feel like that <laughs> yo that's crazy man that's crazy that uh islam is on the whole hygiene thing like that because recently dude i actually found out that i had uh gingivitis for a long time like do, do y'all's do y'all's gums bleed when you no. brush your teeth every now and then or like randomly it happens when you don't floss yeah bro i've never flossed a day in my life and then mm. like i started having uh one of the gums on like my tooth started to like recede and I was like, yo, what is this? Like, what is going on here? And then I come to find out I had to floss and been flossing. But it's crazy yeah. that Islam was on that whole game. Yeah, man. Um, if it wasn't obvious <clears throat> enough, we got to kind of wash our hands, rinse our mouths, wash our face, run our hands through our hair, arms, all that. <clears throat> five times a day, man. Yeah. All our prayers, man. It's... Uh, that's that's what wudu is all about, man. It's just wudu. cleansing our body. Yeah, wudu. Yeah. So it's it's actually like fard, like it's obligatory for us to do it five times a day <clears throat> before each daily prayer. But it's sunnah to do it 15 times a day. So three times per. Um, obviously, that's why you do it three times when you do wudu, because that's sunnah. That's what the prophet did. But it's obligatory to do it once. Yeah, mm. man. So, bro, when, when COVID mm. came, they were like, yo, you got to, like, spend time washing your hands. You got to do this. You got to do that. You got to go in. It's almost second nature. Yeah. Muslims were already on that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Damn. We're proud about it. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, I agree, man. Yeah. So, I mean, like, okay. Yeah. A thousand years ago or not a thousand years ago. Sorry. A um, few hundred years ago, Ottoman Empire, this, that, the other. Yeah. Right. Um, what does that have to do with today? But um, what people don't know is that knowing where it started is probably the most important part, right? You know how we say uh, um, the biggest problem a person can have is not knowing they have a problem. They didn't know they had a problem until it was kind of like, you know, like KO, they're done. Um, SubhanAllah. So like, yeah, it started then and then it moved over time. And Francis had a problem for a long time. <coughs> but now in the West, in the West, I'm just going to name a couple things that Islam prohibits. Right, <clears throat> alcohol, smoking, intoxicants, drugs, unless it's pharmaceutical and like for medical purposes. Yeah. What about so, the stereotype about the Arabs at a shisha bar? That's nowhere. I challenge anyone to bring me one hadith or one uh, Quran verse that that shows we're allowed to go to shisha bars. So that's all culture. A hundred percent. One hundred percent. Bro, I had I had so many Arabs growing up. Habibi, you know, we can't smoke weed, we can't smoke, you know, no kush, we're not balling up, but we'll go ham on that, on that shisha, on that hookah. You want to hit yeah. it? And I'm like, bro, isn't there tobacco in there? Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's, like, um, it, seemed, it, it always seemed like a contradiction, but it's good to know that you're bringing it up as it's not really like founded on anything. Yeah. It's not a lot of like people think it's enough that it came from Arab, Arabic people. Now it's a Muslim thing. It's not a Muslim thing. Anything mm-hmm. that's damaging to your health, is, is prohibited because your health is a priority in Islam. Your body is a right that you have been given mm. and it's a responsibility, something you have to take care of. So if you're smoking and damaging your body, you will be held accountable for that and it's haram because you're harming yourself. We're taught not to harm ourselves or others. So mm. smoking and shisha, they talk about, the doctors talk about just how bad it is. So 
Oh, it's worse than cigarettes, man. Hundred percent. Yeah, worse. Yeah. I think it was something like if you if you an hour of just you know at a shisha bar, just taking puffs and taking hits, bro. It's like the equivalent of I think thirty cigarettes. Oh my god, that's insane. That's nasty. Um. And it's yeah, just maybe too, man. They got all these flavors, like mango flavor, citrusy flavor. They got all these, you know? And yeah. SubhanAllah. Um, so yeah, that's that's not in Islam either. So we'll yeah, include what else, that with what else we'll, what else what else uh, would you say is prohibited in yeah, terms so, of like smoking? In terms of smoking, um mm-hmm. I would say <clears throat> I would What say are your thoughts is, on like vape pens and stuff like that? Because yeah, people are gonna be gonna like, say, hey man, there's no drugs. Yeah, I was gonna say this is this depends on the situation of a person. So if a person was smoking and now they want to switch from cigarettes to a vape pen in order to help them get rid of their habit so they can maybe smoke less and less or do something that's a little less damaging, then in that case, uh, I believe some scholars say it's okay because you're trying to quit smoking, right? Mm-hmm. So in that sense, it's all right. But um, if you're just buying a pen just to vape or just to smoke, this can also be damaging as well. It could mm-hmm. be, depending, depending. Um, a, lot of, a lot of people add nicotine, uh, which is an addictive uh, substance, I believe, and other things as well. So it really depends, but I believe all of them are haram at the end of the day. I don't think any of them are really healthy. Um, I think all of them fall into the unhealthy category, so it's better to avoid it. Um, but obviously go to the professionals on that matter. So I would include that in smoking as well. So music, smoking, pornography, including like nightclubs and, and all these provocative things. Um, interest is haram. Damn. Uh, what else I know, is there? I know I got, I got something to say about that. Going. <laughs> all right. So yeah, music, <clears throat> pornography, gambling as well. I lost count. I forgot how many I'm counting. Gambling, all these things, right? What you, mm-hmm. what, you, what you notice when I say this list, what I notice when I, when I read that list out is these are big money makers. These are big industries. Pornography, huge industry. Music is a huge industry. Cigarettes and, and alcohol, they're huge, especially when it comes to the governments because they, they take a percentage of that. Uh, same they thing with gambling. Yep. Yeah, same thing with gambling. Huge money maker, huge money loser for the people who are gambling a lot of mm-hmm. the time. And uh, the government does take money from that as well. So it's kind of like if everyone was a perfect Muslim, nobody would be doing these things and these businesses mm-hmm. would lose their money. Do you not think people would want that religion to go away? Mm-hmm. 100%, man. Mm-hmm. Uh, that, that, that really brings me to the question. I was going to ask Anhel. Bro, you're a new revert. Have you ever wondered why Islam just demonized in the West? Or have you not, have you not felt that growing up? Tell me about your experience. Growing up, did you feel like there was always this like, subtle propaganda sometimes not so subtle just making you sway away from islam or even wanting to like learn about it dude every time that i talked about it with someone it was always like the whole idea of terrorists and just the stuff that we see in the media that was all that came Mm. up anytime that islam was a uh a part of the conversation it's sad Mm. bro it's sad to say that yeah it's, it's yeah. deep, man. Like, it really goes deep. So the thing with the West, right, is you have a pretty much, you have a capitalist economy, right, which runs on credit. 
And the thing with that is Islam completely prohibits that, bro. Like Islam, we call it riba, right? As, as Rami was talking about, riba is interest or usury. So this is not okay in Islam. This is not condoned for in Islam at all whatsoever. So in the West, we have this capitalist economy that runs on credit. And there's a few select people at the top that own almost all the wealth. And majority, which is 99.9% of the wealth, own 0.01% of the wealth, of the total wealth in the, in the accumulating in the West. <clears throat> so this immense power hierarchy and, uh, I guess, deviance between the people at the top and most of the average people like us, you and I and Rami, um, this has led to this control, right? This, this system that's been in place since time. The same values, the same way things have been going in America. America can no longer be America if all of these things are now prohibited. So what can they do? They can't just out overtly, I guess, tell people, oh, this is wrong. Um, don't listen to Islam. Because here's the thing. You can't deny the truth, bro. When Islam starts coming to you, it's going to resonate with you. It is the ultimate truth. So people aren't going to shy away from that. But what they can do is they can demonize it. They can make it out to be something that's, you know, scary or violent or whatever, you know, you were talking about was in the media. And what this is going to do is it's going to stop people from studying it. And if you're demonized from it, you don't study it, you're not going to know about it. Most people are just going to live life coasting through being atheist or agnostic or Christian, but not really practicing. You get what I mean? So this is a very surefire, easy way to prevent people from knowing the truth because this whole capitalist economy won't survive. Even Muslim countries are now getting corrupt, guys. Like Saudi Arabia didn't have taxes for the longest time. And now, as you can see, there, I think they just recently started implementing taxes or they will start. What Islam says, though, is we need to have, uh, a, you know, donating 2.5% roughly of our annual earnings to charity. So Islam says that if everyone did that in the world and they donated just 2.5% of their earnings, guys, that's 1,000 if you earn $40,000, which is the average income. That's, that's nothing. This would be enough sufficiently to end world poverty. But here's the thing. We have people like the average Joes here earning $20,000, $30,000 a year, and they're paying 20 25% in income taxes. And you got people earning millions and billions, which are weaseling their way out from not paying taxes at all. So you tell me, man, what's better? SubhanAllah. I'm just like mind blown right now. Like I'm just I'm processing all this. Subhanallah. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually got a question before we even continue on this. It's completely off this topic, kind of referring back to the Ottoman Empire, but just like just something that I had in mind because I was I was looking into it the other day, and you know how in Islam uh, they have the the moon with the star. Yeah. So like. Is that would that really be considered the symbol of Islam? No, if, by no means. If that was just the uh, the symbol that was, uh, I forgot, but like before the Ottoman Empire became the thing, uh, they had taken over this one city, and that was their symbol, and like that symbol basically was worshiping like the moon goddess or something like that. Rami, is he talking about the, the symbol on the Turkish flag? 
I think so. I think so. So, um, mm. yeah, Islam doesn't have any symbol. Even today, it doesn't have any symbol. This <clears throat> uh, crescent moon thing was brought about, I believe, in the 19th century by the Ottoman Empire. But uh, you'll never find the Quran or the Sunnah or anything saying that this is the symbol of Islam. Um, so, I mean, it doesn't have anything to do with Islam. If a person comes on later on and kind of tries to make it the symbol of Islam, it doesn't really change the religion. It didn't come from the Prophet, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. It came from people afterwards. I've heard these kind of arguments before, um, but it falls apart because it's never, it was never meant to be the symbol of Islam uh, from the time of the Prophet and after that. It's just, it was implemented by people like almost a thousand years later. Okay, mm. why, why is it on like mosques? Um, that's a good question. Honestly, I don't know why they adopted that. Mm. I really don't know why they adopted it. I mean, it. don't get me wrong. It's, it's a nice symbol. Like I like the crescent moon. It's beautiful. Yeah. But it's just yeah. like, after looking into it, it's kind of like, hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, Yo, we do so- use the lunar calendar, though, right? Like, we use the moon to, to determine, like, when it's Ramadan and uh, all that stuff. So, we use the lunar calendar. Um, we also use it in the sense of, like, okay, it's Maghrib or Sasha and all of that as well. The time of day, mm-hmm. if you don't have, like, clocks in, like, the Adan app or something. Um, so, it is, obviously, the moon is significant to all matters that, we, we deal with in life our existence as well um but we do use it as a tool as a mechanism in islam but um yeah a lot of people like to use this like moon god kind of thing um but again mm-hmm. i don't really think there's much of a basis to that alhamdulillah man yo so ana do you are you beginning to to see how and why islam is manifested as something demonic and to be demonized to keep people away and it really helps the West flourish in the way that it's been flourishing, in, right? According to its own standards. So it keeps this society going, keeps that credit, keeps people in debt, keeps people in control, in check, right? There's a lot of things that, you know, we haven't talked about so far. Um, and it just gets people confused and always in a state of dysphoria and stress and just apathy man and they, they just don't know what's what and it's really easy to control people like that all those things Rami talked about drugs pornography alcohol man these these are multi-trillion dollar industries combined like these really do make money and at the end of the day a capitalist economy can't run without money right so yeah. you kind of need these things and you kind of have to make this narrative oh man it's okay like you don't need to worry about consequences just just come home from work, you know, pour that glass of wine or like just roll that, roll that blunt, take your stress away, you know? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Islam's demonized while simultaneously promoting and propagating these things in a very subtle way. What do you have? Hip hop, music, let's talk about that. So this whole culture, right, of music, all it does is, and I'm just gonna be honest with you, like I don't smoke, you know, y- y'all don't smoke, but you listen to these songs and, you know, it's, it's, it's bumping and it has a beat and it just makes you want to just roll up a blunt. It's like, why? Like, why, why is all rap about, you know, drugs, women and all that? You got, you got alcohol, you got gambling. Why is it so easily accessible, man? So in Canada, we have this, this thing called the LCBO. You know, you don't know about that, but Rami knows about that. So, you know, over here, alcohol is really extremely regulated compared to the states right so you can only buy it at these liquor stores not like a 7-eleven or a gas station uh especially being underage man i've seen people do that in the states it's crazy but anyway over here what we do is lcbo it has specific hours of operation 
right? So you can buy alcohol out of that. And I think you can buy like wine and little stuff like that in the grocery stores. But even then there's like hours to do that. So throughout the pandemic, when COVID-19 hit and we went under lockdown, bro, the gyms closed down. The gym I work at closed down too for a bit. What's crazy though, is the LCBOs never went out of business. You got people that would use working out as a coping mechanism against mental dysfunction, now having to cope with a bottle because they, they can't even go to the gym anymore. So it's like the people in power don't really have their priorities in check at all. Rami's right. At the end of the day, all these things that are promoted today, um, it's just to get people weak, more. Yeah, I was I was about to say they they definitely got their priorities in check, but it's their priorities, their agenda, not mm. our priorities. Hundred yeah. percent. So at the end of the day, like you say, their priorities, not ours. Mm. And a lot of people might hear that and be like, okay, why are your priorities even correct? Who are you guys to set the gold standard, the objective truth? Rami. What do you yeah. think about all these things that we talked about so far? Yeah, I, I wouldn't even use the um, the term our interest or our, what, what was the term used? Our priorities or our best Our priorities, interest. yeah. The, yeah, our, I would use our best interest, right? And it's everybody's best interest because alcohol is damaging. Cigarettes is damaging. Pornography is damaging. Music will sway you in a way. It'll influence you in a way. And if it's not proper then it will impact you negatively. So all these things are damaging. So it's not just our priorities as Muslims. It's actually everybody's best interest to cut out these things, to live the best physical and, and emotionally, uh, mentally healthy life that they can live. And this is why, or these are some of the reasons we can derive um, from Allah or God making certain things haram. Why do you think you know, being promiscuous is haram? Because it leads to so many more evils. It leads to so many more evils. And you see that pornography started as something that's like straight. Then it went to homosexuality. Then it went to really, 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 really weird things. Really weird things. And even illegal things now. Mm. And it's kind of like, what do you think? Like, what do you think these, these problems stem from? A couple of years ago, I'd be like, yo, what are you talking about? Uh, promiscuity leads to evil. Man, look at all these kids growing up without fathers and without parents. Mm-hmm. No one's taking accountability for anything. You feel yeah. me? Yeah. At the end of the day, like in Islam, we have this thing called the the nikah, right? A lot of people don't know about that, but um, if anyone that's wondering, and especially like Anhel, you're you're new to Islam, so I just want to get this clear right now. Islam really doesn't have a problem with physical intimacy at all, bro. It do, it matter of fact, it encourages it, but in the right way. So we have this thing called the nikah, which is like this public, I guess, witnessing. Or just, just, just this official marriage, right? Not some marriage and like some like state marriage or like some like legal thing where, you know, the state has a, fair, has a say in your household. Not nah. a nikah literally could be done in 10 minutes. Doesn't even have to be done at a mosque, you know, contrary to people's prior, prior preconceived notions. Could be as, as cheap as $5. And here's how it works, bro. A nikah is literally having two witnesses, right? To just see that you and a chick are now unionized. Once that's done, y'all can do whatever, bro. Yeah, there's a little more nuances that, you know, maybe we'll talk about in another call about like the mahr, which is the dowry <clears throat> that the man gives to the woman and the wali, which is a male guardian of the woman and all that. We could talk about that. But in essence, 
in summation, is just a unionization of two people and is done in public with witnesses. Here's why. Remember how Rami was talking about, oh, promiscuity is the same and all that? Yeah, because of, of the application and implication that I brought up. People are growing up today without paternity. People are growing up without a father. Nobody knows. Don't you see, like, it could lead to a lot of problems if the nikah wasn't there. Islam made the nikah um, obligatory because at the end of the day, inheritance couldn't be a thing without the nikah. All right. You got kids growing up like, oh, I should be the one inheriting when they're not even biologically related, bro, to the to the person that passed away. And you also got people that are biologically related, not getting the money. Right. So that's a problem. <clears throat> you got people like back then, like, obviously, I don't think anyone watching this will support cheating and, you know, extramarital affairs and all that. But here's the thing. Adultery can't be a thing if people don't know that you're with someone else. Right. If Rami has a wife and no one knows about that, is it really cheating if he gets with another girl? No. But you have the two witnesses. You have the imam seeing that Rami got uh, a nikah with a woman. So now they're one. So if Rami's ever seen with another girl, they already know what his business is, what his deal is. They already know this guy already had uh, a nikah, a unionization, a contract with a woman. So it can't be even seen as cheating. Rami, not to throw you under the bus, bro. Um, but ladies, he is single. So if you want to be that that woman for the unionization, is what it is. Yes, yes, Rami is single. I mean, I mean, I have four slots open. You have four <laughs> slots open. What if what Rami if they see me has... with like my second wife or something? Hmm? What if they see me with like my second wife? Uh here's the thing. I've they they know that the second wife had a nikah with you. Right. Okay. That's and also, fair. before mm. before a lot of people, a lot of people might be like, "Oh, guys, why are you allowed to have four wives?" Like, at the end of the day, guys, monogamy and take it as you will. You guys don't have to agree with everything I'm saying, but monogamy is not natural. When you look at nature, polygamy is the norm, bro. And even today, you got you got guys having you know their main chick. You got guys having their side chick. Then you got something else on the side. Then you got whatever new, you know, comes into the picture that you don't really respect, but you're just going to, you know, get with. It's like, bro, men are going to be polygynous anyway. But in the West, it's okay when it's cheating and it's haram and it's, it's in the open. But y'all wouldn't really have it officiated. See, it's not you're allowed to have four wives. It's you got to be a man that's held accountable and can handle four wives. You got to have yeah. income that can support all of them. You got to yeah. make sure you're giving all of them equal financial treatment. You got to make sure each of them are cool with you having other wives. You got to make sure you could take care of all of the kids that you have. It's not just out here spreading your seed with, with people without taking accountability like you see in the West. There's levels to this, bro. There's, there's levels of accountability. There's levels of professionalism. And at the end of the day, I feel like, bro, I don't know too many people that have multiple wives, but the ones I do know, man, their wives are really happy. Contrary to people's beliefs, they're super like joyous. Whenever I see them, they always got a smile on their face. Not like these single moms in their 30s, just always with a frown on their face, you know? Their kids are wonderful. Bro, each of them are probably earning, like the, the dads I'm talking about, are probably earning 500 to like 800K plus per year. So they're, they're really on their purpose. It's not, it's not something where you just hit it and quit it and, you know, do that with multiple women. And man, get that out the window. Yeah, just, just to add on to that. Yeah, go ahead, go ahead. Just to add on to that, I want to mention um, this is what I love about Islam because it's it's it has something for like every time, every place, and I would say any society. 
Because if you have a, a monogamous society, you're allowed to marry only one. Allah actually puts the words in the Quran, marry just one. But that's if you're incapable of being married to multiple, if taking care of them. So if you live in a society where financially most people can't, then you're, ob- you're obligated to marry just one. And that's in the Quran. You can, like me, right now, if, if I can even marry one at this point, if I can even marry one, it's only one. It's only one. And I'm obligated. I'm not allowed. Me. I'm, t- I'm speaking right now to the audience, to everybody, to you two. Me as a man, I'm not allowed to have two, three, four wives, Islamically speaking. I'm not allowed mm-hmm. to. Like, I know I told this uh, on my TikTok live all the time. I have four slots, I have four slots. I'm not allowed to. It's not, it's, it's not feasible in the West. It's not logically coherent to do that in this kind of society. Mm-hmm. And a lot of women are against it because they've been brought up on this monogamous um, platform, I would say. Yo, with the idea this, that this... monogamy. Yeah. No, 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 go on. With the idea that monogamy is the one and only way and having a second where you're, you're meant having a second wife, not girlfriend, not mistress, not cheating. A second wife is horrible. When that happens, if that happens to them, they're going to experience the cognitive dissonance like we talked about. They're going to think, I was brought up like this, but I'm experiencing this. And it's going to cause them to feel anxious and depressed. And this is something that a lot of us, a lot of us have to take in. It's not logically coherent in the West. But if a woman is okay with it and you're capable of doing it, it is halal. Go for it. Bro, here's the thing. Here's what I always tell people. Your woman, your wife, at the end of the day, you should be telling her as it is, bro. You shouldn't be creating this false narrative to keep her right because because you feel like the truth would would get her to have other views of you and you shouldn't be changing who you are bro to, to appease a girl that's that's not that's not what we're doing around here we're trying to be who we are and if the chick is okay with that cool alhamdulillah if she's not it is what it is bro imagine this bro from my experience girls always change their lives and and revolve their whole lives around the guy that they truly care about. Not some guy that they just see as, you know, Sunday night. Not a guy that they just see as, you know, I don't really take him seriously. He's like my texting buddy or like my work husband. No, I'm talking about the man. You feel me? Um, a girl really changes her life, man, for that guy. And at the end of the day, imagine a girl does that. And then like three years down the line, she's like, yo, what? I didn't, I, you know, everything was a lie. There's so much that you didn't tell me about. You're not who you were. You got three whole households aside from me. What is this? But combine that to compare that to a guy that like told her as it is before they even got together. It's yeah. real. It's raw. She yeah. knew what it was when she signed up. There's no surprises. There's no shock. And this whole thing about monogamy you're bringing up, bro. You're right, man. It's 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 nowhere in even Catholicism, bro. Like if you look at, I think it was Abraham had four wives, and I think Isaac had one. Peace be upon both of them. Or Abraham had one, and Isaac had four. So it's it's not like it's some new age thing in Islam. It's been there, yeah. bro. But yeah. they, they created this indoctrination that, oh, monogamy is a way. Monogamy is a social construct. I'm not saying monogamy is bad. I'm not saying monogamy is not the way. I'm just saying in Islam, we have polygyny, which is one man with multiple women, an option, right? But it has to be done right. There's specific nuances that must be met in yeah. the halal way. Not just something we could just do because we feel like it, you yeah. know? It's also sunnah to marry ex-widows and divorcees because let's imagine you're a 30-something-year-old single mother with kids. Generally, men wouldn't want to marry someone in that situation as their one and only wife. Me, personally, I wouldn't want to. I'd rather, and yes, it's, it's, it's a stereotype. I'm being honest. I'd rather marry a younger, more beautiful girl who hasn't been married before that doesn't have kids. 100%, it's responsibility. 
honestly, at that point, less responsibility. I would rather do that. Most men would rather do that, whether they admit it or not, whether they admit it or not. Most mm. men would rather do that. So the issue is with society, because if most men are not going to do that, you can't make them do that. But if you give them the option, then they can be similar to the Prophet ﷺ, who married mainly, mainly widowed women, uh, divorced women, so on and so forth. Mm-hmm. Pe- women that have a hard time getting married in a society also, like this. It's sunnah to marry an older woman. So when, when, people, when people look at the Prophet and they're like, oh, is this what Islam's about? Man, the Prophet, you know, I'm, I'm talking to Anhel right now. Anhel, do you know about the Prophet Salam's first wife? Vaguely. Okay, so her name was Khadija, radiallahu. Um, peace and blessings on her, man. She was, I think, married to the Prophet for how many years, Rami? Oh, that's a good question. Um, I believe it was 20-something years, if not under 20, but over 10. I think... Okay, he got married to her when he was 25. He mm-hmm. became a prophet at 40. That's 15 years. And then I think under 10 years later, she died. So in between 20... Yeah, uh, in between so 15, 15 27, something like that. Something like that, so, yeah, yeah. Inshallah. Guys, correct us if we're wrong, but for the entire entirety of that marriage, Anha, between the Prophet and his first wife, Khadija, peace and blessings upon both of them, bro, he was monogamous. People yes. don't know about that. Not once did he have another spouse. Not once did he cheat. Nothing like that, bro. And then after, you know, when he had other spouses, yeah, then he practiced polygyny, but did it right. A lot of people might also also ask, like, okay, what changed? Why 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 is it after uh, Khadija um, that you know he kind of went polygynous? And I tell you guys the same thing. Like all the other prophets before uh, the Prophet Sallallahu all of the ones before that also practice polygyny. Nothing changed. There was always an option. It's always, yeah. it's always there. It's, there's nothing wrong about that. It's just we, if you guys think about it, if, if, if I ask someone, can you guys objectively tell me, either of you two, one reason why polygyny is wrong? Can you guys give me even one? No, you just, it just feels some type of way. And anything yeah. that feels some type of way is either through years of conditioning and programming through society or you actually have some personal agenda against it. But there can be. Yeah, subhanAllah. You know what I'm thinking about now? <laughs> this is not an Islamic concept. This is not based in Quran. This is not based in Sunnah. This is not from a scholar. This is something that just popped in my head now. So don't take it as an Islamic thing. But I'm thinking like, okay, yeah, so there were cases where Allah revealed to the Prophet that he should marry a specific woman. There were cases, right? But now I'm thinking like, I feel like a lot of men, especially Muslim men who begin to learn about Islam, people like myself, who go through a heartbreak, right? They're, at the beginning, they're with somebody with this idea of monogamy, pure monogamy. I'm going to be with this person the rest of my life. I'm going to love them. They're going to be my queen, this, that, the other, right? They have that mentality. And then they get their heart broken, mainly because they chose the wrong girl and because of that mentality. Because they don't know what it's like to be, you know, a man and to actually keep a woman. So they get their heartbreak. And then they go down this, like, perhaps red pill, black pill, back to red pill kind of road. And then they become a little more polygynous in the sense that they, 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 they question the monogamy kind of side of things. Like I, I had, right? So I'm just wondering, like, the heart, heartbreak the Prophet said experience when Khadija radiallahu anha passed away do you think that kind of opened up in his heart the idea of being 
polygynous because when you're with your first love, it's the first love, right? Damn. You, don't feel, you don't feel like you can love anybody else, right? And then your heart gets broken. So love is never the same for you. So then you're okay with being with multiple women because you can feel like you can love them the same because love is not that first, you know, experience Yo, that you had anymore. It for, changed. For, for anyone that's like, what is this red pill thing he's talking about? Guys, this, this whole red pill, blue pill thing originated from the Matrix. All it means is when you take the blue pill, it's pretty much what society wants you to believe, right? It's this whole Disney, Hollywood, fairy tale romance narrative where you think, oh, women are everything nice, sugar and spice or whatever they say, and they'll never cheat on you. I'm not saying all women are going to cheat, but, but hear me out. And it's just like, oh, they'll love you unconditionally. They're not going to leave when you lose their, your job or your bum or whatever, and they'll always hold it down. And they don't have sexual desires, and they're just some angelic beings. Right. And then when the red pill in the matrix, I think um, when, when the red, when he took the red pill, it was like, you get to see life for what it was. You get to see life, not in some weird shady thing, but as it is, you see reality unfiltered. And the problem with that though, not the problem, but what stings is bro. You got to have this paradigm shift, this thing Rami talks about called cognitive dissonance. When now everything you've been fed growing up is a lie. And you see things for as it finally is. And, bro, it hurts. Anil's been through it. I've been through it. Rami's been through it. We've all been through it as men and women, too. But at the end of the day, the biggest lie we've been told, bro, growing up is about women. And all the red pill really, you know, taking the red pill just shows you that women aren't, they're not bad. They're not some, you know, demonic things just because they're not angels. But they're human beings just like us, bro. They're literally human beings just like us. They have desires too. They have physical, you know, intimacy and attractions too. They, you know, eat and poop just like us. They're not to be something that's pedestalized, bro. Now you got girls with OnlyFans. You got guys out here paying $100 a month for pictures, bro. Like that, bro, we're not even going to get into that. It just Soy boys. Mind. It, it blows my mind, man. But at the end of the Dude, day, I heard that. Uh, I, I saw this one post where this person was like, OnlyFans is like a small business, and like if you if you watch OnlyFans, it's like supporting your local small business instead of supporting like the big companies. I was like, damn, that's damn, that's bro, sad, bro. Bro, I saw this post on this girl who who had like she was big on OnlyFans, right? And obviously, do your thing. I don't. I'm not. I'm not gonna say anything, but. At the end of the day, cool. You know, girls are living in recruit difficulty and, you know, it is what it is. But for those of you that don't understand the Call of Duty reference, this girl would take baths, right? I think it was showers or baths. And what she would do is she would sell her bath water on OnlyFans. Oh, my God. And some, listen, 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 guys. Some simp every Saturday, like clockwork, would literally pay thousands of dollars for like that week, that batch of bath water. And then until next time, she showers. And it's like, bro, what? Uh, Y'all really out here doing that? It it blows my mind. So Islam, the red pill, guys, it doesn't make make us hate women or anything like that. It just makes us see them for what they are and kind of just navigate life with them by our side, not navigate life with them as the goal. There's nothing wrong with living a life pursuing women as your goal if that's what you want to do just know it's not going to be fulfilling it's extremely high 
investment, low reward or low yield. And bro, most of the time you're probably gonna get cucked, as Anhel says. So <laughs> I don't know if that's some life you guys want to live. Whereas if you chase a purpose, if you chase, you know, living, leaving the world better than what you found it, it's never gonna be something where you regret anything. It's never gonna leave you like a woman. And it's not bro, but that, that, that gets heart. into the whole thing about like. Let me let me finish my point real quick. Want to have it, his purpose? It's nothing wrong about women, you know, and then everything right about men. All I'm saying is. Women are still people, and people leave at the end of the day. But yeah, go on. What were you saying? This guy. I said that it stems back to, like, dudes having to be about their purpose and women having to be about their purpose, which is different than what a man's purpose would be. Uh, yeah. what, you, what you mean on that? Because <laughs> a lot of people might be like, what is this guy talking about? Well, see, as dudes, we always seek to accomplish a goal we seek to be a part of that thing that's bigger than us and to leave something here like a legacy or something or just mm-hmm. do something make some kind of change it doesn't even have to be for this world it could be for ourselves but we're always striving to do something accomplish something that's that's what purpose is for a dude and for a woman like, yes she can do that but that would not necessarily be her purpose her purpose would be you know, nurturing those relationships that she has with those closest to her, whether that be family, whether that be friends, whether that be her kids, whether that be her husband, you know, like being creative and let's say, I don't know, doing something artistic, whether like creating something, using their creativity for some kind of uh, artistic pursuit like that. But to see a woman try to do the same thing that a man is doing, it just, that doesn't make sense. And that's why I'm referring to what you're saying is like, I, it, for the dudes, the purpose thing, it goes right into it. I'm going to really like that was right now. Like, You got, yo, I'm going to tell you something that all, all these women are saying, but can a woman do everything a man can do and better? No. You're asking me if a woman could do everything yeah, that a man I'm saying, can do? I'm saying this is something I hear a lot from women. It's like you got them chasing PhDs, trying to outwork women, uh, outwork women, outwork men. And you got modern radical feminism not even trying to establish equality, but establish dominance over men. And they keep saying, bro, they're better than us and they could do everything we could do. What do you think about that? I think it's silly because it's, all right, yes, woman can do what a man is doing but the question is does she really want to if there was nothing no media program here if there was no one telling her hey you should be doing this you shouldn't let a man do this and then you over here do this if if you left a woman alone with no influence no outside influence like what would internally she want to do and i guarantee mm-hmm. you it's probably not going to be what a man wants to do because a, a woman will want to spend time, like let's say a woman is in a relationship. She has a man. She really, really is into this dude. Right? She will want to spend time with this dude and she will want to talk about the relationship that they have together. She'll want to uh, increase what they have together. Like the, she'll try to make the relationship better. She'll try to have a better connection with her dude in whatever sense. I right, but a dude, yeah, he'll do that. 
but he's more inclined to, oh, actually, I, I want to go to the gym and get this workout in. I want to uh, I want to accomplish this goal over here so that I can make X amount of money. Um, for myself, like I'm doing martial arts, like, oh, I'd rather be in the gym training right now than sitting here on this sofa watching Netflix with my girl. <laughs> I don't have a girl, but I'm saying from past experience when I did have uh, a girlfriend, whether it was the mm. first one or the fiance that I had, bro, like we'd be sitting on the sofa watching Netflix and I'd be asking myself, man, what the hell am I doing on this sofa? You yo, know, from so experience, like, bro, I agree, man. Like at, at, after that week that you're talking about, yo, women feel charged up. They feel ready. They feel fulfilled. They're like, oh my God, I want more time. After that week, you're just here like, what did I just do for all this time, man? Like, I could have been doing this. There's nothing wrong with taking time to decharge, not decharge, recharge and de-stress. But as men, you're right, man. Like, that's not our main thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I feel like from personal experience, when I was on my purpose and the person was changing for me, and it was mainly Islamically changing for me, things were good from what I could tell. But as soon as I started to try and change for the person and I kind of regressed as a person, it literally went to hell and it just got worse and worse progressively. So it's kind of like from my experience, even if you were to argue that, no, the vice versa of what we've been saying is true. It actually, from my experience personally, does not work for the relationship. It actually spirals heavily downward. You, my friend are on something right now you're right um people are out here like and by the way women won't admit this you guys already know this women will take this to the grave no it's okay babe don't don't go to the gym you know you don't have to work out for me you know you can become i like dad bots dad bots are in that's the biggest lie you've been that's the biggest blue pill lie you've been told um you know you could you could be home you could just spend time with me don't leave don't don't do this don't do that bro listen to what a woman says and just see how far you go with women but go bro. with what women act and behave like and go with that and then see how far you go. Dude, that should be with everyone. But again, it's, it's definitely most important with women. Because, mm-hmm. hey, women will say one thing and they'll do another. Yeah. You actually remind me, I was uh, one of my coworkers, my old coworkers, he was driving me home. And, he, you know, he's a guy who works out a lot. He used to be really, really big. And... I asked him, like, hey, how are you working out nowadays and this and that? And he said, because we work uh, like a very physical job. So he said, like, this job is my workout now. And then he said, you know, I actually wanted to lose some of this muscle and be just a little less lean or a little less built. Mm. And I asked why. And he said, other than him doing it for himself, he mentioned that his girl actually prefers him that way. And I was oh like, my God, bro. Um, sometimes a girl will kind of test you like say something like you should get a haircut or you should do this or you should lose some weight or you should this that the other just to see if you will actually listen to her get out of your frame and change for her and Mm -hmm. if you do that then your value decreases in her eyes because it's kind of like he's not that man right he's listening Mm -hmm. to what i'm saying and eventually for most women that just gets old they don't want i was actually um abu american he posted a video of this uh, blonde lady, I think she's a celebrity, on a talk show. And she was talking about how her man kind of commanded her in a way. And she loved that. 
Like she, oh, I seen that. You seen that, right? Yeah, yeah. Like she's a big drama queen. She runs yeah. out the house, storms out the house, drives down the street. She's angry, and when she goes back, he's like, "Listen, I care about you and stuff, but you can't do that. I respect myself too much. I'm not gonna be with you if you do that." Okay. You next can't time, yeah. yeah. Next time, she stopped at the door. Then he slowly, slowly said, "Now you can't even leave the room when you're mad at me. Yeah, you, you can sit there in silence, but you you can't leave and leave the room." And she loved that. She loved that. But most women on the surface, probably including her before the relationship, would say, if he does that to me, he's out. This, that, that. It's kind of like... He's controlling. That true? He's this. Bro, he's society, society places, you know, society calls things controlling as when a guy really wants to put his relationship first and make it work. It's not yeah. controlling. Yeah, yeah, there's things you could do that are controlling. Like, don't put an ankle monitor on her and give her a curfew. I ain't saying yeah. that, but... More times than not, there's no, there's nothing really, you know, controlling about a woman. If you're being honest, and it's not coming out of insecurity, it's genuinely coming out of you looking for the best of your relationship. So I agree with that. And and to to kind of address on um not on how Rami's point about this this whole thing with women testing us, bro. They don't wake up every day like some demonic beings, and they're like, oh, how do I ruin my you know marriage or anything <laughs> like that? Nah, they don't. They don't do that, bro. They they're subconsciously doing that, and it's because we live in a world just abundant in soy boys like you mentioned they're just they're out here by the by the dozen a dime a dozen and there's no real men out here anymore so what do women have to do they now have to have this like constant sub subconscious screening process to be like okay cool does my man still got it cool he got it all right cool literally the next day cool let me let me say some dumb ish you know and then see what it see if we can we can shake him out just because like they need to constantly know bro we live in a world where men just don't have values and integrity anymore. They're always changing. They, they want daddy, bro. They want daddy, bro. And at the end of the day, they're not going to, like, you're not going to be daddy being who she says she wants. But you're also Thanks. not going to be, be, be that being what society wants you to be. You got to yeah. go, live life. You got to get experience out here. Now, I'm not yeah. saying go get experience and, you know, do this, do that. I'm just saying, like, at the end of the day, experience and wisdom is way better than useful useless you know propaganda knowledge from society yeah, yeah dude let me ball. let me take the ball here bro you being a ball hog uh rami <laughs> let me tell you this story bro so when i was with my ex i'm talking about the first girl that i was with man she's brazilian we were in high school and i remember i was growing my hair out bro i was getting dreads and like as i was growing it out bro you got to go through like that awkward stage Mm-hmm. you know mm. and like as i was going through the awkward stage she was like oh your hair looks ugly you should cut it and i was like yeah you won't be saying that soon and bro she <laughs> just kept trying me kept testing me like oh you should cut your hair like please cut your hair please like do it for me do it for me and i was like nah 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 and i remember my friends were like asking like oh why are you why are you growing your hair? I was like, oh, I'm getting dreads. And they asked me, like, oh, what does your girl think about that? I was like, bro, it doesn't matter what she thinks. I'm going to get the dreads either way. <laughs> Yo, and when she saw that, she was so <laughs> mad at me. But it's like she respected the fact that I was about mine. And I wasn't buckling for yeah. whatever she was saying, bro. But then fast forward, right? Fast forward, like, a year after we had gotten back together. And I started growing my hair out again. I was like, yo, I'm going to do a bun. I'm going to do this man bun thing. And as I was growing it out, she kept testing me like, oh, you should cut your hair. You should cut your hair. You know what I did, bro? Cut my hair. I cut my hair. Oh, my God. And I remember I was in the house with her mom, and she was coming downstairs looking at me just, like, shocked. 
bro and i could feel it honestly i could feel it like the amount of respect that she had for me and like the daddy status that i had had just completely dropped bro she got you by the balls bro now looking at her eyes, she at that moment she knew she's like yo i got this guy i got him i got him I mean, just just quick quick reminder. I got ten minutes left, but we can keep going. What time is it? It, it is yeah. And I gotta go to gym up here. But yeah, right. uh, pretty pretty resourceful. I don't disagree with anything we talked about today. No, so thing I is- got. I actually have a question for the both of you. Mm-hmm. I have a opinion on the matter, but I want to hear what y'all have to say. Mm-hmm. Why is polygyny the right way? Why is it something that should actually be done? Why is it the natural way for men and women? Yeah, bro. I'm going um, to go in on this. Uh, Rami, you got anything to say? I wanted to I feel like this is an important point because cool. people love to pick one or the other. Why can't both be proper? Because Allah does not say only monogamy and Allah does not say only polygyny. Perhaps... Perhaps for some men, polygyny is better. And that's just how it is. And that it is what it is. You can never say it's wrong. Mm-hmm. Especially when you're dealing with subjective morality. You can't prove it's wrong. You can't. But at the same time, maybe some men are just fine with one woman. Maybe they can't afford multiple. Maybe they are not suitable to be with multiple women. They can't take care of all of them mentally, emotionally, physically, financially, whatever other means. So this whole idea of why is this better or why is that better? Mm. It's kind of dumb. But the topic or the question of why is polygyny okay? I would flip it and say, why is it not okay? Can you bring anything mm. objective against it? What's wrong with it? Why is it unnatural for a man? That's what I would ask. All right. So Anhel made this video a couple months ago, a couple years ago, I forgot, on masculine energy and feminine energy. Yeah. And I remember you explicitly saying, bro, as men, we have masculine and feminine. Women have masculine and feminine. The difference is we don't have the same amount in measure. So we have predominantly masculine energy and we have a little bit of feminine energy. Women have a lot of feminine energy. They got a little bit of masculine energy, right? It's what makes us men and women respectively. But the problem is as men, the little bit of feminine energy that we have, feminine energy wants that nurturing, that care, that, that, almost that like attention and love. And it's like, the problem with men today is we're getting it from the wrong sources. Don't you guys agree? Like men today are fulfilling that little bit of like feminine energy that needs to be fulfilled and, you know, fulfilled with something. They're fulfilling it with women. They're chasing women for that same thing that women predominantly are chasing us for. They're looking for that idealistic type of love. Not that real love. I'm talking about the idealistic type of fairy tale, blue pill, Hollywood type of love. And they're out here chasing a woman. And the problem with that is, bro, you're chasing a woman when women themselves don't even know what they want. Women themselves might want you today, might not feel you tomorrow. And you're having all this expectation on a woman, which puts a lot of pressure on women. Let's not, let's not lie about that too. And she's out here like, yo, I don't know what to do with that. You feel me? And it's like, you want that, those, those hugs and, and whatever. And it's like, bro, at the end of the day, that's not going to give you fulfillment. And if it is, it's only short term. You're fooling yourself. You think it's gonna. You think it's gonna be forever. And as men, Allah tells us plain and simple: "Come to me." You know, 
we're detached and deconnected from God, from Allah, right? We're going to women and we're, we're expressing our feminine side, venting, you know, gossiping, talking about people. And it's like, bro, what are you doing? And it's like, you ever see a woman, like at the end of that, like they feel really good, right? Because they're predominantly feminine. They feel really relaxed at ease. Like, damn, I got all my, I can breathe now, you know? Like they come home from work and they do that. As a man, you don't feel that, man. Like you still feel like unfulfilled after that. But you go to Allah, you replace that, that you know, you fulfilling that feminine side with a woman. You, you do that with God. Oh man, like you talk, you express your things, you repent. It's something else, 100%. I like that, but answer the religionist question. Here's where I was going with that. So what I mean with all this is imagine a man pursuing a woman, not having time to pursue his purpose, right? Why is he pursuing a woman? More times than not, he's pursuing a woman because he's placed her value, which is right here next to him. They're the same. And he's placed her over here. You know, he thinks she's she's some like top dog. She's like the queen, you know, and I got to buy, you know, her bath water every week and whatever guys want to confuse themselves with. So they, they have this 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 retarded version of, of women in their dome. Compare that with a guy with four wives. He doesn't have this pedestalization of a woman. He knows exactly what they bring to the table. He knows what definitely he has to bring to the table. And at the end of the day, he's not out here idealistically pedestalizing women he's not out here chasing women his whole this whole thing of oh i need to get women i need to get this i need to get physical intimacy bro he already has that he has four different households and families assuming you you max the quota of what islam tells you so you're not going to be out here chasing women you're going to be chasing your purpose compare that with one guy who's only been with one woman bro he doesn't know anything else he's going to think that's all he can get and he's going to think that's all he had. There's no abundance in that. Forget overabundance. There's no even subtle abundant mentality. He's only going to think, okay, this is all I have. This is the only woman I've ever been with. So this is the only woman that's going to love me. Therefore, I got to make everything work. Even when she cheats on me, even when she does this, even when she doesn't, you know, she, she went ghost for a week. I got I to gotta put up with it. Why? Because it's still my girl. I only have this. Compare that with the guy that has four, bro. He's not going to be out here sacrificing his integrity and manhood for a woman but at the Mm. end of the day it doesn't make him better there's a lot of prophets with multiple wives and there were a lot of prophets with one wife there were a lot of prophets with none it doesn't make them wrong or right or better than one another it's just a way of life and i agree with rami what's wrong with having four wives there's nothing wrong with this as a man you guys can easily see how there's only benefit from it if that's something you want to partake in it yeah, just to add on to that point, I want to mention that a lot of the time, more often than not, whether people will admit it or not, women, I don't want to say um, thrive off of jealousy because obviously some jealousy is really bad, right? Like um, the Prophet I said, I'm said about a certain group of women that they have something in their eye and he was talking about this jealousy that's really destructive. And I think Ali radiallahu anhu, he said jealousy and I think like the uh, like huge amount of jealousy, not the little bit, but he said jealousy mm-hmm. from a woman is from disbelief. But the jealousy of a man is from belief because men are supposed to be the guardians of women. So if they're jealous over something, it's because of that overprotectiveness that even Allah put in us and t- commanded us to follow. Mm. But a lot of the time, a lot of the time, women don't want a man who is not wanted. But if they see all of a sudden Yo. a man is wanted by a bunch of women, 
she's going to be, she's just instinctively going to like him so much more just because he's popular. That's why celebrities, even if they look like my toe, get girls because they're just, they're, 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 you know, huge people. They, they have this huge status. They have money. They have this, that, all these things that women predominantly want. So therefore they get a lot of women. Therefore they mm. get even more women because even if they don't get women, a woman may assume he does just because he has those things and that's competition. Traits, yeah. yeah. That competition sometimes drives women. So it may actually, a men of four wives, all the relationships may actually have a better chance of flourishing for that reason alone. On mm. top of that. Now you're adding to, it you can't be with all four of them at the same time therefore you're going to be with one and the other three may be missing you and that's actually really healthy for a relationship especially for a woman so she has time to miss you and fantasize and think this that the other so when you do come it's that much better because generally you don't want to give a woman all your quantity in terms of time in terms of time Mm -hmm. but you want to give her maximum quality in terms of time even if it's a little bit of time and that is i would say the uh, not the golden rule. You know what the golden rule is, but no, I'm not. Uh, I'll, I'll, call, rule, I'll call it this. Yeah, the iron rule. The iron rule, bro, of 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 manhood. Like at the end of the day, to, to address Anhel's point, polygyny is the only way, the only social order that simultaneously fulfills a man's biological imperative, which is spreading a seed, but the halal and rightful way, and simultaneously fulfilling a woman's biological imperative, which is to literally get the best man that she can get with what she's been given right simultaneously at the same time so they're not out here doing one thing sacrificing for the other or women meeting theirs and men not meeting theirs you feel me he's doing both and i like rami's point what he brought up mm-hmm. hypergamy at the end of the day right it's a, that's all it is but it's yeah, not something you- like it's not something like oh islam just lets men do whatever with multiple people nah because then bro threesomes and things will be okay and permissible in islam but they're not. You're not allowed to be with one of your wives and be with the second one at the same time. No. You know, there's there's levels to this. It's it's not something just do whatever. Competition anxiety. Mm-hmm. I ask any woman watching this, like, do you guys, would you really want a man that no other woman wants? Answer that question. Now take that answer. Put in the put in the trash can because that's the wrong answer. Now, what do you really want? It's it's not gonna be guys. Oh, I want a guy that no other woman wants. Nah, bro. You you might think you want that. That's what society probably. That's what mommy and daddy told you growing up to go for that type of guy. That's not what you want though. Yeah. Yo, I want to give a quick observation. I was debating whether or not I should mention this or not over the last few days when I when I went live on TikTok. I went from my DMs being like dry for a bit. (laughs) Mm-hmm. to literally okay there is basically some girls like simping in the tiktok live right and everyone kept saying that like all oh, these girls are fighting over this guy no no whatever whatever and i'm, so, I'm not not it's nothing about me right it, it, it was my live but i'm not saying this most about myself my point in this is after the live i literally got like three or four dms from girls mm-hmm. talking about marriage asking about marriage like what's good mm-hmm. baby I'm in Canada. Just, yeah, literally. I said anyone in America, like, it's no, I'm not, I'm not going for that. Anyone outside of Canada, anyone outside of the area, I can't. But literally, just because there's one girl that initiated something and then other girls kind of jumped on, it's, it became this competition almost. And like, whatever. I, it's going to sound like I'm boasting about myself. Maybe it was serious, maybe it's not. But I actually got like three, four, maybe five DMs from girls just after that live. 
that night or the next day about marriage, literally asking about marriage. And it's kind of like you, me me personally. I'm going to just catch the next drummer. So we got like another hour. Are you sure? Yeah. This guy. All right. Me Because it's already too late. Dude, I am not going to stay another hour, bro, because I'm hungry. But continue. I'm just saying like I got (laughs) an hour. Type, type, type. Um, Yeah, to end it off, finally, me personally, I would never, no matter what, I would never deny, what did you call it on him? Jealous anxiety or competitive anxiety? Competition anxiety. Competition anxiety. anxiety, yeah. I will will never deny that for the rest of my life because of that Mm. personal experience. Mm. 100%. Women women will take it to the grave that it doesn't matter what. Let me me tell y'all what I told my mom. Because right, I was walking with her, and then I, I, like, brought it up to her real casually. I was like, yo, I'm going to have multiple wives. And then my mom looked at me like, are you stupid? And I was like, nah, nah, I'm going to have four wives. And then she's like, you're not going to have four wives. There's no woman on earth that will do that. And then she basically asked for, like, the explanation, like, why? Why would that even work? And how is that even all right? And I was like, all right, so... We have a certain nature. Would y'all agree? Like you have female nature, you have male nature. Y'all would agree, right? Really quickly, what do you say that like chemically speaking, I guess, or internally speaking, you could say like testosterone, estrogen kind of thing? Like we have males have not a bit to, of estrogen. Not chemically speaking, yes, bro, 100%. You're right. Yes. Yeah, so what, what are you trying to ask with that, Rami? Go Pray ahead, take that sip of ginger ale real quick. There you go. It's actually, oh yeah, it is ginger ale. All right. Uh, Damn, bro, he knows you better than you know yourself. All right. Watch all right. you while you sleep, bro. <laughs> all right. Well, I mean, enjoy the enjoy the view. But um, what I was saying is, like you said, you said masculine energy, uh, feminine energy. That's what Fire said. You said something very similar. It's kind of like, what do you mean by this? It sounds like a lot of this, like new spiritual kind of you know gibberish kind of stuff so i was wondering like when you say this do you mean like how men have more testosterone which makes them masculine and a little bit they still have a little bit of estrogen while as for women they have a bit of testosterone and a lot of estrogen that's exactly how i refer to it in the videos oh okay so So i refer to it in that that spiritual sense but i i also refer to it in a more like simplistic approach where someone could understand it and, and just grasp onto the, the concepts a lot better. All right. But anyways, anyway, so I was talking to my mom and I told her, I was like, all right, you have male nature and you have female nature. Female nature is basically that of a woman is going to look for the highest value male. Now in terms of what value is, that is subjective between whatever woman we're talking about. For one woman, the value might be that he's a, a professional basketball player. For another woman, the value might be that he just makes her feel loved. And then for another woman, the value might be that he's just very ambitious and he's a go-getter. He's always out there like making money, doing what he has to do. All right, so in terms of what the value is, It doesn't matter. That's subjective. But what is objective is that every woman will always seek the highest value male. Now, for a male, a male nature is basically to spread a seed. To try to be with 
as many women as possible. And a lot of dudes will try to say, no, that's not true. Um, I only want to be with the girl that I'm with. But dude, that is a lie. Because if you've ever watched pornography at some point in your life, or if you've ever looked at another woman in a lustful way or in a way where you're just like, oh, wow, like this woman is beautiful. Dude, like that is your male nature beginning to arise within you. That is the thing inside you that's wanting you to go and reproduce, have sex with the woman to be able to procreate and have more of you, many yous. That's mm-hmm. where, you know, you, you basically survive, right? The woman, if we were to think in primitive times, the woman would survive by having the male that could protect her, the highest value male. And then the male would survive by being with as many women as he could find to have as many kids as he could have. Mm. All right, so that's that's male nature. That's female nature. All right, with polygyny, you have one guy and let's say four women. All right, so that's already taken care of male nature because now he has four women where he can have multiple kids. Let's say he has four kids with those four women. That's 16 kids. That's a lot of kids, y'all. That's a lot of kids. Mm. All right, but now let's look at it from a woman's perspective. All right, is that... Or is that not taking care of female nature if there is now competition anxiety present between all four women because they're trying to get as much time and as much love and affection as possible from this guy, from this one guy? All right. So for people that are wondering, how is that taking care of female nature? Bro, financially, if that's what her high value, whatever she wants to have value is. It is because financially he's able to take care of four different households. Attractiveness, like physically, of course, because science shows us through pre-selection theory um, that women don't even find men attractive because of who they are, but more so on how other women find them attractive. So pre-selection wise, she already like physically she's in. So we got financially, physically, if a guy's physically and financially the one, most probably he has his life in check and he has high integrity and high man as a Muslim man. So that's in check too. If she wants a religious or spiritual man, what else would a woman want then? Think about it. Like most of the biological necessities are met. So I agree. It not only meets a woman's requirements, it exceeds yeah. multiple women's yeah. requirements at the yeah, same time. And what's crazy, what's crazy, Rami, before you chime in, I see you, I see you plotting. <laughs> But I had told this to my mom and like, as soon as I finished, she just remained quiet. And all she could say is, well, I would never do that. I'm like, ah, but she will understand it though. <laughs> yeah. SubhanAllah. Um, I'm actually, I'm glad you, you, you said that before I said what I want to say, cause it's directly related. And I think this is a great closing verse. Um, in, in the Quran, Allah says, you may love something when it is bad for you and you may hate something when it is good for you. So Allah is saying you might not like something. It might not sit well with you emotionally because hating and loving is just emotions, right? There's no logic with it. So you may hate something, but it's actually good for you. And you may love something, but it's horrible for you. So let's take this example. Let's say monogamy for the man and the woman, like a specific man, a specific woman or woman, sorry, in a relationship. Perhaps monogamy is not the best option for them. They hate it, but it would actually be good for them, right? And they, the idea of polygyny to them may be something that they hate, but it's good. Whereas monogamy is bad, but they love it. 
They think it's good. Mm-hmm. And this can extend to anything in life at the mm-hmm. end of the day. Yeah, and a lot of women will try to be like, oh, well, why can't it be the other way around? Why can't it be just polygamy in general? Like, why can't a woman have multiple men? Like, one woman and, like, four husbands. And it's just that's going against your own nature and not in the sense of like, okay, I'm looking for the highest value male, even though that kind of is, because if you have the highest value male, you can't have another one. You see what I'm saying? If, if you have four guys, one of them has to be the highest value male. You can't have all four of them that are the highest value male. Like they're all going to be competing against each other to be the top one, to be the one that has, you know, that is the highest value male. But what I'm trying to say here is that aside from that, women want to have that connection with their partner. They want to have something greater. They want to have the kids and have that going. And personally, I just feel like if a woman has multiple partners, she's not letting herself have that full connection. Yeah. It's just not. Uh, I agree. I agree, man. Like, yo, this this whole thing about women, women, like, here's the thing: women will say this till they die. Why? Can't, I, I could be with multiple men. I could, I could be out here with four or five guys. Yeah, you could be seeing four or five guys at the same time, but you're still pursuing that one. Mm-hmm. That you know, even though you have a whole you know system, like, okay, this guy on Monday, this guy on Tuesday, this guy on Wednesday, bro, there's still that one that you love and crave and pursue more than the other. And until you get that one, it's almost like you would do anything to get that one, but that one doesn't want you as much as the other ones want you. You feel me? So the problem here is women are idealistically projecting their own flaws and shortcomings in their imperative on ours. See, we don't think like that, bro. If we had four wives, we're not going to look at them and be like, okay, which one's better? And and look, nah, bro, we just want variety. We're not going to care about, okay, is this one better? Is that one better? Nah, but women want that. But to address your point before Rami goes on and carries the torch about women also want emotional intimacy. Bro, the Prophet literally taught us through the way of the Sunnah that you can't just be a guy out here that's physically getting into women. You need to be emotionally getting into them too. And emotional intelligence and moral intelligence is something that the Prophet had, I guess, is the best example of humanity. Right. Yeah. We're not even gonna get into that right now. But emotional intelligence, guys, is just as important as physical intelligence with women. Yes, mm. Um, and just to touch on one of the points you mentioned there, even if a man was not fair to each wife, he doesn't have the right to have multiple wives. Because the law says if you cannot be fair with all of them, if you cannot treat them equally, then marry just one. So we're not even dealing with a, a potential risk of a man not being fair to all of them. Because if he's a person who's not going to be fair, he doesn't have the right Islamically. And if he does, then he's going against the Quran, which would be a sin. Um, mm-hmm. And now there was a video I saw on YouTube. I forgot what, I forgot what it was called, um, but it had to do with polygyny. And, and it's an Islamic video. Um, and it basically gave some some points. So I, we all hear the, the normal statistic of there are more women in the world than men, especially in very specific countries where the women almost like double the amount of men and like insane things. Um, he also mentioned that there were studies conducted. There were studies done that showed that women with multiple partners actually have um, more problems with like intoxicants and um, uh, addictives and all of that. Bro, and mental health as a whole. <clears throat> yes, mental health. Thank you. Um, 
And it's kind of like, again, you may hate it when it's good for you. You may love it when it is bad for you. And mm-hmm. you may think that you want to be with multiple men, but perhaps that will be the thing that causes the drinking problem that you have or causes mental illnesses. And I suggest you, go, you guys go find that video. It's, um, it's basically a white background and like this cartoonish guy talking. Like it looks realistic, mm-hmm. but it's also a drawing. If you guys want to look it up, as with polygyny in Islam. But um, yeah, he had, I think, 10 points. But subhanAllah, um, this stuff isn't really uncredited or um, unfounded even in secular means. Bro, yeah. as, as Muslims, we need to be the top 1% men. I agree. 100%. This is just a PSA to everyone. Like, most women today have daddy issues. So if they meet a guy out here that's physically everything they want, but emotionally not, she's not going to be fully fulfilled. She's still going to have that guy on the side. If a guy, if a woman meets a girl, that, if a, a woman meets a guy that's emotionally everything she wants, vents to him, does everything, cool, he's always there. But she's not physically attracted to him. He doesn't have that energy. She's not going to be all in, bro. If a woman meets a guy, though, that literally checks every single box and knocks it out of the park, yo, there's nothing else. There's nothing you can't do. Yeah, you literally become that bro, guy. It, or daddy, it, as Anel says. Yeah, exactly, exactly. It's, it's daddy, bro. Women want daddy. And I'm sorry, but you can't have more than one daddy. You could have a dad and a stepdad, but it's like whoever the real daddy is. I'm not talking about uh, is it is it paternal, paternal, biological. Yeah, paternal. I'm not talking about biological, right? Like you could have a stepdad, you could have a real dad, but like the stepdad treats the daughter more like daddy than the real dad. So it's like mm. the daughter is gonna give the stepdad more attention than she's gonna give the real dad because that's daddy, bro, and. It's mm-hmm. weird me putting it in that in that example, but that's exactly how it is when women grow up. They are looking for daddy, bro. And daddy is different for every single woman. And like you said, bro, you a girl could be talking to five, six, seven guys, but there's going to be that one guy who doesn't give her that much attention. But when, he, when he's with her, she feels like, She's on a whole nother planet and she will literally drop whatever she's doing to go hang out with mm-hmm. daddy. She could, bro, mm-hmm. she could be about to go on a date with this one guy, but then daddy hits her up and says, Hey, what you doing? I'm free for the next hour. She will drop what she's doing with this guy to go Yo, and hang out with daddy. There's this, there's this phrase um, women, women break rules for daddy, but create rules for simps. Sure. Yeah. So when you say there's a, this checklist and like a, a guy has to check all the boxes the woman mm-hmm. has, do you mean a conscious list that she makes in her head or she writes on a paper? Or how exactly would you say that works? Subconscious, bro. Subconscious. This is home to her. Guys, this is female psychology 101. A woman growing up will have these things that make her feel home, make her feel safe. Mm-hmm. Oftentimes, though, where men F up is this whole thing that makes her feel safe could overtly be danger, could be not safety, could be unpredictability or instability because that's all she had growing up so think of it like this look at a woman's upbringing look at what she always wanted if she's from a place where she never had stability never wanted this she's not going to want a guy that's always this always predictable always doing everything right always texting always you know giving him flowers not she's not going to want that a woman who's had that growing up will appreciate that and want that but even then to some extent a woman that's i gotta chime in but um, i'm gonna let you finish i'm gonna let you finish 
I'm gonna let you finish, no, no, bro. No, go for it. That's okay, all I was so, say, bro. bro. So, Rami, think about it like this, man. The only way that you can be daddy is if you are not in an imaginary world, if you are not blue pill, if you are not thinking of things uh, idealistically, like you say. Instead, you are present and you are seeing things for what they are. You're very realistic with what's happening because a woman will tell you what she wants. A woman will damn right show you what she wants. And like, bro, daddy is going to be able to catch on to everything. You know, so like a woman may want you to be more assertive and more aggressive. And it's like, if you have this, I don't know, this crazy thing playing in your head where she's your beautiful little angel and you're over here giving her flowers and giving her all your attention and treating her so nice, bro. She's she's obviously going to be unattracted to you because she's throwing you all the signs. She's telling you what she wants, but you're not catching on to it because you have this idea of what it is that she wants. But realistically, that's not what she wants. Mm. Yeah, so we have to bro, be emotionally intelligent then, right? Yes, bro. You you got you got women literally here creating arguments and scenarios just to create turmoil, just for that emotional roller coaster that the guy's not giving them, just to see, yo, is he gonna is he gonna like stand his ground? Is he gonna respect mm. himself? Is he gonna put himself first in the world, or is he gonna fold like he does every single time? That's why over time, as men slip, the frequency of it creating turmoil goes up. Because she's like, yo, is this, does this guy not have it? Do I have to do everything here? But when a guy's out here doing daddy things and he's out here becoming the man and being the man that she wants, bro, she, you're not going to have arguments. You're not going to fight. She's not going to create shit out of thin air just to, like, just to like get some turmoil, get some emotional you know, polarity and all that. It's already there. Yeah, so Dude, I'd lot. say... Go on, go on, go on. Yeah? Yeah, it's cool, it's cool. Alright, go ahead. Drink that ginger ale, bro. I'm not gonna drink my ginger right now. <laughs> I'm just saying. Go Yo, on. Bro. But what I was gonna say is that in reality, bro, if you really think about it, and you'll you'll notice this more, um, you know, inshallah, hopefully you you do fill in those four slots. Hopefully we all fill in those four slots. You know, inshallah. I mean, but. I mean- <laughs> the more the more experience you start having with women, the more you start seeing that these tests that Fayed is talking about are very true. These tests that you were talking about are very true. These tests that everyone's talking about is very true. And at the end of the day, bro, you you have maybe like two to ten chances before the woman completely loses, <laughs> let's say, respect for you. Instead of saying she sees you as a beta, she just loses respect for you. Once she loses respect for you, bro, it's done. You can't come back from it. Golden it's two, two to ten, bro. Some women can handle more because they have more uh, attraction for you and they actually want something more with you. So they'll give you more chances to F up versus like, mm. and I, I'm pretty sure, bro, I'm pretty sure that the, uh, what's it called? Th- those dudes that are talking about game, they talking about like interest level where it's like a girl might have like a, a level five interest in you. Where it's like if you mess up maybe twice, maybe once, like eh, she just yeah. she, that's it. It's a wrap. Like she has no she's no respect for you anymore. Sees yeah. you as a sees you as a beta. But yeah, if a woman cool. has like a level ten interest level, where it's like to you or to her, you are perfect. 
You know, no one's perfect, but to her, you are perfect. Like the way you look, the way you speak, the way you act, the way you walk, everything just does it 100% for her. And it's like, mm-hmm. she'll accept more. Like she'll still test you, bro. Just like every other girl. But if you oh, mess yeah. up, she'll, she'll, she'll let it slide. And then she'll, she'll test you again at some point, And then she'll let it slide. But I'm telling you, two to 10 times. Facts, man. Like at the yes, end of the day, like there's this survey done and it was like women that are with men that they perceive as like alpha males when every now and then they do something that's perceived more beta more simpy more like weak it actually increases her attraction towards him because she's like yo i'm not used to that i'm not used to that Mm. soft side conversely though women that are with a simp every now and then when he pulls something that the kind of caliber of man he is wouldn't pull She's like, what? She can't even take that seriously. Like if a guy who's always letting people walk all over him finally stand, stands his ground, bro, who's going who's gonna to respect that? But yeah. if a man who's always <laughs> just holding on, never giving, every now and then he actually like opens up to people, people are going to be like, okay, cool. This never happens. Let me like, let me appreciate this. Let me value this. Yeah, subhanAllah. And a lot of the time when these things come up from women, people, people call it, even women themselves will call it toxic. They'll be like, mm-hmm. Me start me on my way to start a fight for no reason. I call it toxic. I wouldn't call I would call it natural. Maybe you shouldn't do it, right? But I would call it natural that a woman wants to do that. And this is, what's toxic is the way we've grown up with this certain understanding of relationships because it's so far off from the truth. It Thanks. intoxicates us in a sense that we think, as Anna said, idealistically, when it's not the reality. And so that's a more toxic uh, understanding of relationships. So it's not toxic when one comes to bring problems, if that satisfies her emotionally, if you deal with it the right way. It's toxic that you're not in a position where she, she feels like, I don't even need to do that stuff. That's, that's real toxicity. Mm. Yo, I know you're still hungry? Yeah, dude, I'm actually really <laughs> Did you, did you eat all say, day or not? Um, I haven't ate yet. I'm still fasting too, bro. Let me, let me yeah, see I'm you put still... some food in your mouth, bro. Nah, bro, you like that, huh? Those dark but, chocolates um, or those those nuts? Yeah, the nuts. I like mm-hmm. nuts. Yo, but Rami, what I'm trying to get at something, bro. I was trying to get at something, bro. You had to talk about nuts, Fayad. You lost a train of thought. Man, why you why you had to mention the nuts, bro? You know I'm but you know I'm weak to nuts. Y'all, y'all know I'm on keto, bro. I got nuts left and right, center. All right, yo. So, I think we should end it there. Uh, All right, should definitely end it there. You you can't remember your thought? I can't, bro. The nuts he's, got bro, to me. He's just he's just thinking about Damn nuts now, man. Like, once like the next over, nuts. he's got nuts, bro. All right, halas. So you think of it, just text me or something. What does All that right. mean, halas? Halas is like enough or stop or something like that. Like halas, it's, it's enough now. Okay. All right. All right. Cool. Cool. All right. With that being said, Allahumma atina fi dunya hasana wa fi al-akhirati hasana wa kina adab al-nar. Thank you, my two brothers here, for joining on this episode of T3M. And I'll see you guys in the next one, inshallah. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Yes, sir.